Excuse me, class. Class. Private school podcast. Hey everybody, this is Trevor Waddington and you are listening to the Private School Podcast. Well, we made it to episode two. Excited about that. Today's episode is geared really towards current families and for prospective families as well. And what I'd like to discuss is the role of the head of school. And a little bit later on will be my interview with Tom Gibeon, who is the head of school at Sandy Spring Friends. Now, why we want to focus on the head of school is, well, I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. They are the number one at just about every private school. Some private schools have what's called a principal president model. But for the most part, independent schools are led by a head of school. And we've seen a real transformation in that position in the last 15, 20 years, moving away from the highly academic oriented head of school or, or the person that took that role typically someone who had a master's or Ph.D. in education, longstanding in education, really was able to communicate with constituents, was able to do some long-term planning. What we've seen more recently as the landscape has really changed is that heads of school now uh, or boards that are looking for head of school want a person in that position who is business savvy, understands the financial models of school, can make the tough decision about hiring and and the unfortunate uh, part, which is the firing. So on today's episode, I had a chance to interview Tom Gibeon, who's the head of school at Sandy Spring Friends. And when he came into the position nine years ago, it was was really a, a, a cannon shot across the bow of the position. I was very interested, and a lot of my colleagues were interested, perplexed, and some were a little nervous that they were giving the reins to a school to someone who had been in business for quite a long time. And I can say over those nine years, I've kept close tabs on Sandy Spring Friends, and I think that they have flourished under his leadership. So without further ado, here's my interview with Tom Gibeon of Sandy Spring Friends School. Tom, it's great to have you on the podcast this morning. How are you? I'm good, Trevor. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Give us a little bit of about background about uh, who you are, where you came from, and, and how you uh, came into this position. Well, I think it's fair to say that I am not a traditional, uh, or I do not come from a traditional uh, background for a head of school. I'm a non-traditional head of school. I grew up in Sandy Spring, Maryland, where Sandy Spring Friends School is located. Went off to college at the College of Worcester. Uh, was a history major, interested in education, did a senior year thesis on dissent and experimentation in American schools during the early part of the 20th century, and then left education, went on to become a community organizer for several years, then Wharton Business School, uh, joined a Wall Street firm, uh, spent uh, 10 or 12 years on Wall Street, uh, eventually running a uh, department in Hong Kong uh, covering Asia for Goldman Sachs and uh, came back to the United States in uh, 1995 and uh, became involved in emerging market in, uh, private equity investing, eventually had my own firm investing primarily in Africa, uh, built that firm up over 10 years, And uh, in 2009, applied to become head of Sandy Spring Friends School and started the job the next year. 
Wow, that's great. Now, if I remember correctly, were you heading that search in the beginning? So I had been the uh, I had been on the board at Sandy Spring Friends School. This Sandy Spring Friends School had been a sort of a destination for for community service uh, for for my family. My father had been on the board. My sister, who was an alum, wow. was on the board. And when we got back to the United States, uh, became a board member and eventually uh, the clerk of the board. And uh, uh, at the end of my term, a couple years after that, the the head of school, Ken Smith, who had done a terrific job, uh, uh, told me that he he was going to retire and asked me if I would uh, lead the search for his replacement. So, what was the reception like in the in the Sandy Spring Friends School community, and also what was the reception like in the greater community? that a, a staunch educator was not taking the seat of head of school as it had been at many other schools in this area and really across the nation where it was typically an educator that ascended to that position? Well, I think there was a, a good deal of trust uh, already in the community uh, in the sense that I had been on the board and I was not somebody f- completely from the outside uh, or, or, or completely unknown. So uh, I, I, I think it was... It was understood that uh, what my approach would be uh, around um, around supporting the, the the essence, the core values of the school, and 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 really seeing the position as one where uh, it was so important to to for Sandy Spring Friends School to keep all of its its best pieces and components, and at the same time. Uh, look to innovation and and look to uh, uh, focusing on sustainability, um, ex- accessibility, and uh, and ways in which we could strengthen the school so that it would be available for families not 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 just current families but families that that would that need a Sandy Spring Friends School in you know for generations to come. What was the reception in the head of school community? You know, I would I would categorize you, and you can certainly you know say it wasn't the case. But you know, being a bit of an outlier in your background as head of school, what was the reception in the head of school community? Oh, I think it's been terrific, and and I, you know, certainly for me, you know, in in the associations that I'm involved with, the Association of Independent Maryland and Washington Schools, the the Friends Council on Education our National Association of Independent Schools. These are places where I've been mentored and, and, and you know, over the last uh, eight or nine years have, have just, you know, gotten a big boost professionally. And I, I think, you know, in some ways the, the helpfulness has, has gone in both directions where schools uh, are focused on sustainability. They are focused on, on having uh, a business model that, that uh, can succeed in good times and in, in, in good economic times as well as as difficult economic times and and having leadership that that has a vision for for how to introduce and implement change uh, while at the same time maintaining the, the, the very best qualities within the within the school Th- that just has led to a lot of good conversation and you've used the word sustainability a few times uh, based on uh, a business model or more of an education model? 
So my my approach to sustainability is that it, it has two elements to it. One is to be successful in years to come, you have to deliver on the promise today. So you have to articulate and and satisfy a value proposition where it uh, makes sense for parents who can drive their children past schools that are free to come to a school where they pay tuition. So the the experience that, that students are having and families are having uh, real time uh, as the year unfolds is extraordinarily important to any concept of sustainability. At the same time, we need to be mindful of operating the school in a way that remains affordable, where facilities are uh, uh, safe and provide all of the learning experience uh, in terms of technology and science labs and this sort of thing that, uh, that students and families uh, expect, and, and, and where our, the community that, uh, the, that uh, considers independent schools have a clear understanding of, of what our school is about and can, and can make uh, the correct decisions for their, for their students, for their children. You mentioned tuition. Uh, that's been a hot topic in independent schools for the last few years as tuition models have changed and schools have experimented with different financial aid or uh, scholarship models. Uh, is that something that you look at? Uh, is You and your team, do you look at the tuition um, and do you have any uh, thoughts on how tuition models may change in the coming years? So we're really very focused on tuition. In fact, uh, in the uh, over the past nine years, our tu- tuition increases have been in the 1% to 2% range. We've not had a tuition increase that has been above uh, above the 2% range. So, uh, and, and, and we've really adopted essentially a zero-based budgeting approach here. Why do we need to raise the budget? What are we going to do this year that we didn't do last year that justifies a budget increase? And so uh, we've really departed from what I think many independent schools found themselves doing for many years, and that is determining or uh, setting their tuition rates in part based on what the market could bear. And we rejected that notion. Rather than determining what the market would bear, which is based on what other schools are charging, we really took the position of saying, what, what revenue do we need? What tuition model do we need to fulfill the promise of, uh, you know, to fulfill our mission and our promise to families? And th- that really allowed us uh, to, uh, combined with a growing enrollment, to be able to introduce what I think are the most modest uh, tuition increases in the, in, the, in the Washington metropolitan area, such that now the difference between what Sandy Spring Friends School tuition uh, is in lower, middle, and upper school versus many of the schools that we consider to be peer schools has opened up, and, and it really gives parents a choice now about and, 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 gives, and gives families accessibility that, that they wouldn't otherwise have. That's a, a smart and, and really thoughtful way to go about that process, and I think that is leaning away from typically the model that most 
independent schools have gone by, and I think that that's something that they can certainly uh, use as a model for themselves. So to get a little bit personal for just a minute, or not too personal, but I've really seen that the the head of school position has become a 24-7, 365 job. Would you agree with that? Well, you know, it's it's I'm an outlier in this way as well because um, it, it, it's a it's a, first of all it's a terrific job. Um, also, it is um, it, it is I think I think when when uh, when parents and and even students um, uh, kind of observe from from their perspective the, the head of school who they might see you know in the morning, afternoon, and evenings uh, at uh, in. Uh, on campus, uh, in, in, you know, uh, at, at, at athletic events and whatnot, it, 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 it seems like it's a busy job. Um, I, I um, and, and, and obviously, you know, we're dealing with, with, with children and people's children, so we're dealing with the most precious part of people's lives, and, and so people bring a lot of feelings and and convictions about uh, about what school should be like and what what experience their children should be having. And so, what I'm what I'm describing here is obviously there's a certain amount of stress involved with managing a, a uh, an independent school. But there's a certain amount of stress in running into burning buildings or sorting out uh, traffic accidents or uh, being a first responder of any kind. And and when I think of what what I do versus what so many other people do in in their lives it doesn't really seem to me that we that that it's an extraordinarily uh difficult job um i think what what uh what's required is 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 a a love for what you're doing a sense that that schools like ours can change the world and and therefore having them and 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 helping them succeed uh, constitutes incredibly important work, and then the the rest is pretty easy. So, last question, um, and I don't know if you put thought into this, uh, but it's been something I've been thinking about quite a bit in the last uh, six seven months. Where do you see the position in five to ten years? Well, I I think that the it, when I look at the at the educational landscape, particularly uh, primary education and secondary education. So I'm not talking about higher education here, but but the kind of schools that that uh, the kind of school like our school, and I look at where is innovation happening, where is experimentation happening, you know who's moving the ball downfield, who's incorporating the 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 scholarship and the research that's coming out of of uh, of think tanks and 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 the university, it's independent schools. So that was my interview with Tom Gibbian, the head of school at Sandy Spring Friends School. Tune in next time for more musings on the Private School Podcast. Take care, everyone.